You know, I wake up every morning and I feel like a superhero sometimes. And then I look next to me and I recognize that I live with a superhero. And so we talked about your superpowers today mm -hmm. on this podcast and through the art of uh, communication through writing in mm -hmm. your book and mm -hmm. unleashing this woman within. Uh, so that's what we discussed. Why, why, why the book now? Like, why do you, mm -hmm. why do you think this was such an important message to get in the world right now? Yeah, well, I mean, our world is kind of in unknown uh, territory right now, and there's a lot going on for many people, a lot of different challenges, um, a lot of shadow pieces coming out of our society and structure and all the different things that have not been working are really coming to surface. And my hope with this book is that we really start to self-reflect and discover our own stories so then we can actually unravel the collective story and not feel so stuck and really understand what true freedom means for all of us and also that deservance of um, living a life of joy and abundance and also of sadness and also of all the things that it's all okay and it's okay to want to be with yourself it's okay to self-discover and self-love and take care of yourself so that we can take care of the other mm -hmm. so there's a lot of that going mm -hmm. on in this message for you guys today on this podcast and uh you know stay tuned for just you know more of this stuff to come because sonia is so good at articulating where we get stuck and she does it in our lives for for us and our family she does it for people in the clinic. She does it through her words, like in the book. And really what, what the invite is, is an opportunity for that self-awareness as you spoke to. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, a little bit of banter. This one was a little bit more uh, Sonia focused. So I tried to just ask the appropriate questions and get through uh, this amazing uh, masterpiece, which she wrote, Women Unleashed. Thank you. Enjoy. Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Well, hello there, Dr. Sonia. Hi. Hi. Uh, today, I get to be the interviewer mm -hmm. and ask you some questions because uh, looking behind us, if you're catching the video version, you get to see Sonia's book there. I know we brought it up in a little bit here and there, but we really wanted to dedicate, uh, or I, th I think we both really wanted to dedicate a full podcast to really talking about the journey a little bit, the release and uh, what to expect and kind of what, what you're doing with it so far. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for showing up today. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's very nice happy to be here. here. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay. <laughs> uh, I want to start with um, with a quote, not necessarily from your book, but one that that we read today, mm -hmm. which I think is interesting because it stirred some questions. Uh, and then let's dive into the book. So our, our dear friend wrote this on his wall, and it's a quote from uh, Martin Luther King. So it says, and this is when he was in jail, in the Birmingham jail. All I'm saying is simply this, 
that all life is interrelated, that somehow we're caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever, whatever affects one affects all indirectly. For some strange reason, I can never be what I, what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. That's Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, that brought up a bunch of different ideas, but um, one thing that I, that I know that you commit to on a regular basis, and there's a constant theme in the book, is you know, showing up, being vulnerable, sharing where your strengths are, sharing where your challenges are. And, and it's important for you to do so because you do have this mission of wanting to help women mm -hmm. in their own story and what they've been through and, and how to strengthen, develop themselves. And so when you hear a quote like that, what does that mean to you in um, that, you know, someone else also has to show up to put in the work um, so that you can be the fullest expression of yourself? Yeah, different thoughts. When you read that quote this morning, um, one thing that I speak to in the book is the web that um, is kind of weaved between women. And I think all of humanity, and I think he's kind of alluding to that um, connection that something that happens to someone across the world is going to somehow have an effect on somebody else that's somewhere else. And um, so I do think there is this deep connection, um, especially when you start to see the world in a way where you recognize that the other is you. When you start to realize how connected we are, I think it's so important that um, we then tap into that awareness of responsibility. The part that I guess I don't necessarily agree with is that I have to be dependent on the other in order for me to rise to the occasion or rise to where I can be. I think if you have the awareness that there's a deep connection there, that as soon as you start to shift, you don't have to be victim to the other person's um, either inability or, in, or lack of capacity to recognize what's going on for them because maybe they're, they're just not ready. And maybe that society or that culture collectively isn't ready yet, but I don't think that should stop you from continuously inquiring or tapping into self-discovery because I think once your lens changes, then you can be that ripple effect. Um, so that's going to like Gandhi's quote, like be the change you want to see in the world. So I think, I think there's different ways you can kind of read that quote. Mm. And that's, that's where we got stuck with that quote. We're mm -hmm. like, oh, I wish, I wish he was here so that he could explain that a little mm -hmm. bit more and and taking quotes in context of time too i mean it was a very different time there was mm -hmm. so much you know challenge uh that was going was on was it for though okay do you want to explain <laughs> <laughs> well yes it was i mean what he was uh facing at that time was a little it's different from what we're facing today but i think the challenge has just taken another name or yeah you know, has put on a different mask, but I think underlying in our world, there's still that same theme of disconnect and um, a fear of the unknown. And that rules everything, whether it's racism, whether it's gender stuff, cultural stuff, whatever is going on, that is the underlying theme. It's just showing up differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I really am curious what, what he was you know, really saying there, because I mean, part of it, I guess, at the time, there was restrictions on, you know, certain things with when it came to race and color. And, um, you know, a lot of things changed in those earlier years with, um, 
you know, what kind of acceptance there was for uh, being of, you know, a different, looking different than someone else. And I know you grew up with that. And then I thought that was why it was partly interesting to sort of lean with that quote, because there's definitely some things that you share in your book that um, are related to some of those challenges, just being of different heritage and color and skin mm-hmm. color and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I feel like the theme is still there. And I just, just think that we have to constantly self-reflect, like what part we're playing in it, what we can learn from it, and then how we can shift that. Yeah. Okay. So great. I think that set the tone for the discussion. So Sonia, you wrote your book. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I'm on chapter four. Like I've read parts of it here and there, but I'm, I'm reading it cover to cover and I read it at night. That's why I haven't finished it yet because um, it's, there's, there's a lot there and, and there's some parts in the book, which really choked me up. So Sonia doesn't um, keep it here uh, or keep it superficial. She likes to go deep. So, you know, in, in all the sharing that you did, uh, a lot of it was very personal. How did you feel about sharing some of these um, more personal aspects of your story? Yeah, that was, um, it was a challenge and it wasn't a challenge because that is what I wanted to really hit home is that our stories are what define us and our stories are what change our physiology. So I could not write this book without sharing my own personal experience so that somebody else reading it could relate and understand that for themselves. Um, So that part, was easy because I just knew I needed to do it. But as I started to do it, and you know this too, I had to take breaks. Um, There was one point where I couldn't write for about, I'd say two months after writing a few things and just kind of going through my own healing still and recognizing that there's still patterns there. There's still a story there. There's still challenge and pain. So really honoring that I had to kind of step back so that I was then coming back to the book from a place of not complete healing, but just a deeper understanding of how we can navigate these challenges together. Mm-hmm. And, and as you're writing this, you knew that obviously it was going to influence and allow, you know, women uh, and men to step into a story, maybe to, to appreciate it from a different perspective, to, to not be afraid to go in, but also <clears throat> building some framework for how to step into these stories. Um, so it definitely hit, you know, hits people when they read that because they start to reflect on their own lives and to see the impact it can have on their health and their physiology and their Mm -hmm. mindset and and how they see the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in saying that, you know, what is like, why did you feel that that was so important to relate hormones and trauma Mm -hmm. together and, Mm -hmm. and how that plays out one's life? Yeah. So one, like working with women and then also understanding my own story and how it influenced my physiology. So I shared that piece in the book too but as I've been working with women and understanding that you know you could be taking all the right things you could be eating all the right things doing all the right things and yet the pattern is still there and yet the mindset hasn't shifted enough where she sees she's actually worth that extra cup of tea it could be something as simple as that because that takes time away from maybe something she could be doing for her children and understanding um, all the various opportunities that we lose because we feel like we're not worth it or we have this other belief about ourselves that's holding us back from living out our potential and what I started to see was that those stories really changed um, the biology which also changed the personality and then started to change the decisions that everybody was making so then the actions didn't actually match 
what their desire was, but it, but it matched what the imprint was. So the foods we were eating or how we're moving and how we're thinking about ourselves. So then these toxic um, components from our environment, even our thoughts, then, then it became this like cyclical effect. So it may have, may, it might just look like PMS, but maybe there is something that we've been holding on to all month that we're not expressing and it's coming out every single month. So what I wanted to offer were these like pause moments or these realizations that when we're stuck in a story or we're stuck in a role that we're playing or we're stuck in the coulds and the shoulds and how we're supposed to be, the physiology is also stuck in a state of survival. And when you're stuck in that state of survival, you can't thrive. So your brain is just always vigilant and always just looking out for danger. And that danger could be a smell. It could be a TV show you're watching. It could be um, a conversation and maybe a word that somebody used. Like it could, the triggers could be so small and you think insignificant, but very significant to the brain because then the brain's tapping into that memory of that, the, either the big T trauma or the little micro traumas that have happened in the past that have framed your framework and your blueprint. So then from there, the brain's telling your hormonal system to secrete certain hormones to help you survive that moment. So your, your body's getting ready to run away from the danger, but yet you might just be sitting at your desk working or you're in traffic or you're just waiting to pick up your kids or making their lunches. It could be these simple things that we do every day, but the body is feeling as if you need to run away, that you need to be safe, that you need to figure something out to help support you getting out of that dangerous experience. Mm-hmm. yeah and and i mean think most people are disconnected to that feeling mm-hmm. right yeah because we just think that's normal like we think that's just the way it's supposed to be especially if you've been wired from a young age then you think that's your normal and it isn't really until you have something bigger happen that kind of stops you and forces you to look and so my goal is to not have people go there and to start recognizing before any of that happens that how we feel about ourselves, what we think about ourselves and how the environment really has influenced everything that we can change the trajectory going forward. Mm -hmm. How much do you think culture plays a role here? Because Mm -hmm. when I'm reading, you know, there's definitely things that I can relate to. And then there's things that I can't because Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in, in your home and, and with different expectations, again, being a man versus a woman, like what are some of those intricate details that you think really, you know, are there those are those are those traumas that are really hard to let go of really I mean mm-hmm. it's, it's so much of this patterning that happens at such a young age that it's being imprinted through, through culture and sexuality and and this and gender and and all these different things so can you speak to that a little bit yeah so I do think um, everyone's going to have a different experience of it when you look at the common theme for women that's going to be very familiar um, because all women had to deal with some level of disregard or some level of challenge um, in our ancestries. If you look back generations before, um, you know, I spoke to this just a little while ago, reading that book, The Dark Mysteries of the Moon, it spoke about between the 13th and 19th century, 9 million women were killed because they thought they were witches. And so, you know, that would create an imprint for future generations that, hey, don't speak up, don't bring your gifts out into the world because it's unsafe. So that's just a thread that's been woven between all women. So that's that common thing. 
and culturally too. So there's different aspects of looking at that. There's like the culture that you're living in and the society you're living in. So I'll just speak to North American, Canadian or the like Western society, but I come from Eastern lineage. So that, you know, living, especially first generation, living in like two different cultures is going to create challenge. It doesn't, you don't have to be from India. You could even be from Denmark, like your father was. And there's going to be like different cultural things that were okay there, not okay here. And especially for Eastern cultures, I find more so they're just trying so hard to hold on to that culture because they want to pass these things down that sometimes um, understanding the culture that they're living in right now is lost a little bit. So they're there's just miscommunication. There's um, some level of disregard of even wanting to understand because that's an unknown for them and it's bringing up fear for them. So I think all those things are important to look at. It's important to look at your lineage and where you've come from, how you were conceived, where you conceived out of love or where you conceived out of necessity. Like all these things are going to impact the story that was created from the beginning for you in the womb. Mm. You know, you know what I like about your pause moments that, that it's really is giving people an opportunity to work through this stuff. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like most of the time, when I see reflections like that in the book, kind of go, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I should, maybe I should do them and I don't, um, you know, and this, and you create a program around this, you know, mm -hmm. because a lot of these things that you're speaking to, the cultural, the history, the, the, the ancestry, all these things, you know, people may just go, well, that's too much to deal with. Mm -hmm. It is a lot. To and deal I don't with. know how. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to uncover. And often we feel we're not ready because life is still happening. And when something starts to unravel that can bring up so much it can unveil so much that it can bring out a lot of fear so i think it is important to seek help i think it's important to you know if you are ready to do that with the book like you really take those pause moments seriously and you give yourself time you don't have to read like some people have been able to read the book in three days and others that i'm working with right now started it and they're like oh i need help through this so now we've created a group so there's a group of us women that are working through it in about six weeks together so sometimes you need a community to help you or you need a professional that's going to help support you navigate that as you just move through your own journey but the thing is if we delay it we're delaying our growth we're delaying our ability to thrive we're then inviting more discomfort in this moment and it's just going to create more dis-ease and more disconnection and all those things so i do find like when you are ready, when it is time, things in your, in your world will show up. So maybe it's this book, or maybe it's a conversation with somebody, but there will be clues from the universe. Like, Hey, it's, it's time. It's time that we work this stuff out mm -hmm. and it's not going to happen overnight. You know, maybe not even after you read the whole book, like it's, it's the start of the journey. And I feel like until our last breath, we're going to be on that journey. So I think taking that perfectionist thing away or this expectation that oh I'm going to read it I'm going to do this program and it's going to be all done it's not I'm still working on my stuff I just think having awareness that these things are happening it just brings you closer and closer to yourself and your essence mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and and you know there's this the other side of it of not I mean maybe it's avoidance or maybe it's like feeling productive that you got through the book in three days or whatever and you, it's like yes I power through I got it I know it good I'm time to move on and you know, and there's nothing wrong with whichever way no. you do it, right? But I, I think it, you know, when when something is stirring and you have a default pattern of uh, either avoidance or irritation, or it's like, 
you know, it's called, it's triggering something within you, you know, that that's the whole idea of the pause moment, right? Or like, I've already done this and I've had that, right? right? Yeah. You know, sometimes like if we're doing a mastermind or whatever, oh, I've already done this work so much. And then all of a sudden something else shows up like, oh, okay, there's another layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The, the, I mean, the ever evolved, ever evolving journey is just, mm-hmm. you know, that's, a, that's just a reality. That's the world that we, that we live in here. Uh, so we're getting a little personal okay. if you're okay with that. Right. Uh, I know you like to go there. Um, you, you know, just, just to make it real, you know, Sonia did grow up in a different culture. She lived in the two different worlds and she was in an experience of, um, you know, releasing her, your her story and her uh, all her passion and her work out to the world and not you know what do you do when people don't you know either drive with your message or have you had any negative feedback or anything where it's been challenging to share this work out in the world yeah I wouldn't say I've had negative feedback but I've had some energy around it and some of the things that I share in my book were not necessarily communicated throughout my family. So I think people reading it are having their own reactions and responses to it that I don't think have anything really to do with me, but it's kind of mirroring something for them and that's uncomfortable. That's, do you notice that's your shortest answer yet? <laughs> Yeah, it is a challenge because um, there was an expectation on my part, especially when it came to my parents, um, that this is going to open up a whole door of communication and understanding. And that is not what happened. And yeah, so I'm still working through that piece of just a reminder of not to have expect, maybe that's not the right way to frame it but to move into all experiences knowing that it's my experience is my experience and theirs is theirs and I don't have power over theirs and nor should I allow theirs them to have power over mine Mm -hmm. and and it will be a time thing for them I mean Sonia's parents are lovely they've got huge hearts they'll there's something really unique about the the Punjabi and, and Sikh culture very specifically in that they'll drop whatever they they're doing and they'll serve like there's this mindset of service and it's mm-hmm. so beautiful and there's like massive, like it's tearing me up just thinking about how amazing they are. Um, but there's also this mindset of like sort of washing over or not really paying attention to these really core things that make sense to your generation, mm-hmm. but weren't really, you know, it wasn't something they were exposed to in theirs. And so there's there's a level of just I don't know what to do with this information mm-hmm. or this energy and you know so could you speak to that a little bit because I know that you, we know that they they're so proud of you mm-hmm. no question um, and there's this incapacity to communicate truly how they feel and as a daughter um, that's not easy mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's any child, but there's definitely in our culture, um, women are treated differently and that's changing over time, but um, there is just more reverence when it comes to the male counterparts for sure. And I think what I've had to do over the years, and I think this is across the board, doesn't matter what culture you are, once you start to realize that your parents too are humans, moving through their own experience. And I speak to this in the book, 
that we have this expectation of unconditional love from them. And we forget that they too are navigating their stories. And because if I were to speak to my father, he would say that his father didn't speak to them at all. So that was their reality. So he's trying different from what he experienced. And then we're doing different than what we experienced because we learned what works for us and what doesn't work. And I'm sure all, our children are gonna be doing the same. Well, they just fed us organic things all the time and give us vitamins. We're gonna do the opposite, right? So I think each generation is going to have those stories that they're going to unravel. And the more and more I just look at them as, um, you know, they were young when they got married, given this huge responsibility when they were very young and are just moving through life in more of that survival state always because their purest mission was to make sure that their children were taken care of financially all of those things, they can go to school, like that was their mission and they accomplished it. And so that check done, right? Whereas for our generation, no matter what culture you're from, we're looking at all angles and we're actually putting a lot more pressure on ourselves too, because the moment there's a sad face, you know, like, okay, what's wrong? Mm. You know, what's going on? We're trying to like help navigate their feelings and not, almost not even allowing them to have space for adversity. Whereas I got so much of that space that I can handle a lot because of that. So there was many, many gifts from that upbringing. And there are things that I'm working through that were lacking. And now I'm understanding that that is not something that I can expect from that generation that I, I need to find that elsewhere. I was actually speaking to that in our last women's cycle, the cycle circle, <laughs> um, and speaking to just how even that mother archetype, like we have so much expectation of that, you know, that physical form mother, to be the nurturing one, to give us what we need, always, always, always. But what if we transfer that energy towards maybe mother earth or even within ourselves? So the more nurturing we are to ourselves, we're not gonna have to look for that from anyone, even those physical parents that yes, brought us into this life. And you know, our mother was the vessel, but it doesn't mean she's the actual guide that we were meant to follow or learn from. Mm -hmm. The, the maybe a challenge there might be you know oh maybe you're just bypassing your feelings yeah no i yeah. dove into my feelings <laughs> yeah. no, I, i'm not saying you have but yeah. i'm saying like that that could also be a bit of spiritual yeah. ego right yeah, absolutely. It's like oh i'm not going to go there i'm connected to the divine mother whatever happened in my life i'm not going to deal like maybe like that's not the words that someone might use but i'm not going to deal with it you know, I've, I know that I'm always taken care of. And those are definitely really virtuous, very strong, you know, connections to have. And like, there is an opportunity to bypass, like mm -hmm. spiritual ego is the highest form of egotism, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so I think it's, you know, there's this sort of duality here that I think can exist when mm -hmm. we are learning new lessons. And maybe it's something mm -hmm. we lean on for a little while before we dip our toe mm -hmm. back into the discomfort. And then, you know, maybe it's a bit of a seesaw. So yeah, I think that exists when you're not willing to move into the pain. I think when you're not acknowledging that there's pain there or even anger there, or even resentment there, like there's going to be those feelings. I mean, our children are very clear at telling us they hate us often when they're feeling upset and angry because we've created a space for them to be able to express and 
share what maybe they're feeling, maybe a little bit too much, but um, not, you know, I didn't have that growing up and I know many in our generation didn't have that experience. So there are going to be feelings of resentment and anger and all of that. And I think we can't bypass that. I think we have to gather information from it. It's like, okay, well, where is that coming from? Like, what was it that didn't happen? Like I once was um, listening to Dr. Edith Edgar with um, Oprah and she was speaking to her book, The Choice. And when her mother was taken away in Auschwitz, she said, you know, of course there was a lot of grief, but it wasn't even so much the grief or loss of that physical mother. It was the grief and loss of what didn't happen or what couldn't happen. She couldn't see her on her wedding, wedding day. She couldn't support her when she had kids. She couldn't watch her grow up and become who she is today. So it's the things that didn't happen often haunt us more than um, what did happen. So it's usually when we're in those emotions, it's we're grieving what could have been and what we maybe still want. So I think acknowledging that can create space for us to look at it from more of an observer perspective and that lens of being able to forgive ourselves and them so that we can move forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and then I think, you know, in that experience of grieving what could have happened, I mean, I think that for some people, they're stuck there for years, mm -hmm. right? Without mm -hmm. recognizing and sometimes just naming it and just going, oh, yeah, like, mm -hmm. this is part of, you know, where I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be <clears throat> loss in a relationship or, you know, family or passing of somebody, um, you know, or a missed opportunity. <clears throat> excuse me so lots of different things can create that so that void or that 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 longing um so as we mentioned you know there's there's a lot of things that come up for people and and it's you know this is where containers are, are meant to be you know had and this is why you know you created some of these supportive programs to go along with the book can you explain them a little bit more like what are mm -hmm. what are people doing in these programs like what, what are you facilitating what does that look like? And, and why do you use, you know, maybe you're going to bring it up anyways, but why do you use yoga as a tool on this journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I created was a container for women to kind of move through the book together so that we can week by week get together and they're feeling heard and seen. I mean, that's the most important thing because when things are unraveling, it's easy to hide. It's easy to kind of go into the cave and not want to move through some of the stuff that's coming up because it's challenging. And so the reason for containing or creating this container was so that women have a tribe of other women that are also moving through their own story. Now, every, everyone's story is going to be unique and yet it's the same. So you start to recognize that I'm not alone. And when you feel like you're not alone, you feel like you can trust more. You feel like you have, you feel more empowered to move through things. And you feel like there is this like safety so that you can express who you are and be vulnerable because that's the container that we've created. So it's like a six week journey where we go through different chapters. Um, we have a group on Voxer too. So we're constantly in contact and we're just kind of moving through it together so that there can be some like true seeds of healing that happen over that time. And now I forgot your other question. And oh, the yoga. Yeah. yeah. So even when we get together, I always start with some sort of a practice, some sort of movement. Um, and maybe because movement has always been my medicine, but I do find the more anchored we get into our body, 
And I speak to this in the book too, when we know we have a story and our body is also not functioning where we want it to, we first work on the physical so that we can create the space and have the energy to dive in deeper and unravel some of the other things. And often it has to happen at the same time, but I use yoga in a way to kind of release the hold that the mind has on our outcome or what we want to happen so that we get anchored into our bodies and into our heart so that it just kind of creates more of this openness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. And this is, your yoga classes are amazing and it's, um, they're, they're very provoking too. So they can stir up some emotions. And, and I think people don't realize that when they're really, you know, in this integrative space, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe you've gone to yoga class and we've been to many and some are really beautiful because they're there. You really get into your body and your breath and whatnot you have like a superpower of like really getting deep into the yoga practice it's like one student said you go deeper you go home with my with my stuff who said that one a student yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so yeah you have to go deeper you go home mm-hmm. um and it, it makes a difference because you're you're actually you know you're it's kind of like going back to that quote you're asking people to show up in in like maybe the best or the most like ready version of themselves to do some work Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just physical obviously it's it's emotional and mm-hmm. and it's like that that yoga container creates that space for people to mm-hmm. yeah and just giving people a glimpse of that right like there's hope there's a glimpse of hope and there's a glimpse of like seeing themselves in a different way that maybe they never thought they could then will like see the, the next class or like the next time they have something going on and it just kind of keeps empowering their ability to take care of themselves and also self-reflect so that they can start making those actionable changes. Mm-hmm. So story changes over time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I find this interesting even just, you know, with the things that you became more aware of and started to reveal over time and it actually took you um, being in uh, leading ret- retreats and, and different things like this and, and going and attending them too. But mm-hmm. it's, I find it fascinating that there's things that we think we think we know ourselves and then, you know, more time passes, more experiences, you know, of integration happen and, and more stuff is revealed. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because it, it speaks to that ever evolving realization of maybe mm-hmm. who we are and in greater detail as time goes on. But I find mm-hmm. it fascinating that we can capture more details as we go forward mm-hmm. of, of our past and who we are. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I mean, yes and no, I think it's really dependent on um, your level of awareness. So like, like I was talking about before, your brain will do whatever it needs to, to protect you. So even those micro traumas, the big T traumas, like everything will kind of not get swept away, but stored away so that you can keep living. You can keep moving through life and you're going to start to put on identities or take on identities and put on the masks that are necessary to just live life um, in accordance to the culture, society, and what success is and all the things that we start to kind of define ourselves with. So we just kind of keep moving along until there's some sort of pause or until maybe there's a loss in your family or like, you know, I was going to naturopathic school when I had some memories of that experience that I spoke to in the book when I was eight years old. And, and really it was a loss of somebody very close to me that kind of really activated the memory. Cause even before that, I was like, oh, maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't, it just wasn't clear, but then it was really clear once like my whole system was in shock of losing somebody really young that was close to me. And 
it was then, and luckily for me, I was in a container that, you know, I had some tools. And then from that space, I kept gathering tools, but not everybody has that experience. We may move through a big chunk of our life and maybe it isn't until, you know, the kids get older and they're moving out and all of a sudden we have this identity loss of being a mother um, and we have to reflect. And now maybe there's some things that are showing up in our life, or maybe there's symptoms that are showing up. And so when that happens, that is when I will invite everyone to, that's when you seek help. Like that's when you ask for assistance so that you can unveil some of those things because they will come out in one way or another, whether that's through your awareness or through your body. So through your body, it's going to come out in symptoms and through your awareness, you can actually move through all of that and clear like your soul so that you have a capacity to then start thriving. Mm, that's beautiful. You know, it's really, you know, when it comes up through your self-awareness and how does that show up? Is it, you know, if you could explain that because I think maybe more people are aware that, or maybe they're not, but a body symptom could be headaches or it could be digestive dysfunction or it could be skin eruptions, hair loss. I mean, there could be a, a whole Clearing multitude. Pardon me? Clearing your throat. Clearing your th <laughs> yes. Clearing your throat too is one because I cleared my throat earlier. So there must be some stuck emotion right here uh -huh. in the zone that probably came up when I was talking about how amazing your parents are. Yeah. Anyways, um, what, what comes up in the, in the mind and the self-awareness when it's not coming through the body? Mm, I think it's not from the mind when it's self-awareness. I think it is a, a knowing and it's coming from the heart. So it's like a whisper. Usually if it's the mind, it's um, mostly backed by some level of fear or some level of like negative thought or some level of like just um, disconnect. And when it's uh, that other voice, like really speaking to you of like, hey, here's some things that we need to acknowledge. There's, there's a softness to it. There's just a knowing in your gut that it's coming from that heart space. And when you start questioning it, it's not reactive. When you start questioning it, you kind of like, oh, okay, this is something that I really need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. That's good. So um, in closing, mm -hmm. right? Um, what do you think is the message that you would want to leave for the world if today was your last day? Mm. Turning the tables on me. Yeah, just yeah. like that, DJ. <laughs> Yeah, um, that you are worth it, that every day um, is a new day and it's never too late to step into your power. Like, I let's, let's do a little exercise. I want you to imagine that today is literally your last day. You just want me to cry. I've done this so many times, I probably <laughs> won't. <laughs> I'm not afraid of dying. <laughs> um, well, like, we'll talk about that. I mean, mm. like, maybe, I mean, you just said it. That was, that was beautiful, actually. What? You're not afraid of dying. Yeah, I'm not afraid of that transition. What I do fear as a mother is leaving my children behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then if I step into a different place of releasing that identity as their mother, it would be something that would give them pain, but also resilience also levels of understanding of themselves that they may be needed um so that yes i fear but death itself no and you know leaving this book behind you guys um my children i feel like that is that's the legacy so 
in that, what I really want everyone to understand is that it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to accept yourself. It's okay not to be okay. It's just, it's just okay. Like everything is okay and everything is temporary, including our bodies, including ourselves. So to be stuck, um, that's just not a gift you want to give yourself. You want to give yourself a gift of freedom. That for me landed a little bit more deeply mm. because that's part of your superpower is like, it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. And, and these little experiences that we move through are, are like little deaths. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're little life challenges that really feels like there's a party that's dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So grief is okay. Yeah. The, Sonia often reminds me of uh, the book. Uh, oh, not the book, the movie, the, the cartoon movie. We have those different emotions. Inside out. Inside out. Mm. And uh, I'm like the, the little happy girl. Joy. Joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always looking for the rainbows and everything. And Sonia is really good at reminding me of sadness. And it's like, I don't want to go there. And often in a story, I'll, I'll be, I'll push away from where the sadness is and try to find the silver lining, you know, and that's just my natural default. And it's like, it's uncomfortable for me to move into the discomfort. And Sonia's like, it's like, that's my medicine. Mm-hmm. I just think the two polarities can't be without one another. Like light and dark have to be together. It's like this. Yes. Like this. <laughs> Sadness and joy are together. So I think you just can't, you, how can you experience joy if you've never experienced the other polarity? And it is through sadness that you, and grief and some of these, um, you know, kind of more shadow emotions where we really get to know ourselves and the depths of what it means to be a human. And I, if you think about, you know, when you've had a loss too, that is often when you feel most connected to source as well, because then it, you start questioning, you start questioning your existence and like why you're here. Those things wouldn't happen if everything was always just okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, fi- I find opportunity in those, not that you have to stay stuck in them or stay in them, but there's so much opportunity in those moments. Mm-hmm awesome you're awesome the book is awesome you guys are awesome for listening (laughs) everybody's awesome everything is awesome everything is awesome (laughs) and did you notice even in the lego movie the first song was everything is awesome and then the second movie everything is not Not awesome awesome. and that's okay yeah 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 so good um and you know one last thing to just sort of you know highlight that everything's not awesome we're in a world where everything's not awesome Mm -hmm. and i think collectively this is an everything not is not awesome moment where we have to pay attention to the shadow aspects Mm -hmm. of ourselves Mm -hmm. and so talking about opportunity it's it's a birthplace of it Mm -hmm. it really is yeah Yeah. so we do everything and anything to move away from pain so sit in the shit is my last (laughs) message (laughs) okay awesome yeah. yeah that's your last message that's my last message okay yeah sit in the shit <laughs> yeah hashtag <laughs> hashtag that one okay guys uh and sonia thank you so much for sharing your, your beautiful wisdom with everybody and it's always a pleasure and uh, i made myself cry and i couldn't make her cry she's she's sometimes the rock in this relationship We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. 
Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.